Holy God, fill our minds with your wisdom, open our mouths with your truth, and our hearts with your love. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning again, everyone. If we really want to love, we have to learn to forgive. You know, I had the pleasure this week of officiating at the graveside funeral of a man who attended the Greek Orthodox Church. And the first thing you're thinking is, Jim, you had the pleasure of doing this. Well, our burial rite is pretty phenomenal. And it was an honor for me to do that. But the second part of the question might be, What's the Greek Orthodox Church and what do they believe? So I got online and I looked at it a little bit. I did a little bit of a research and here's what they think. Here's what they think. They think that uh, the initiation of love of God is perfectly embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. Stop me when this sounds familiar. The whole purpose of the incarnation of the Son of God was to restore humanity into the fellowship of God. God had become what we are so that we might become what God is. They exalt Christ as the light and the life. In Christ there is unity of humanity and divinity which each of us is called to share. By his way of life there is a model of authentic human life which we are invited to follow. With his victory over death there is liberation for all of us from the powers which keep us from the kingdom of God. Through Christ, then, God the Father repossesses us and calls us to be his sons and his daughters. Does this sound familiar? This is a lot like our, the words are a teeny bit different, but this sounds a lot like our tenets of the faith. You know, we've been reading from the Gospel of Luke for quite some time now, and you may have noticed that that Luke is a phenomenal painter. And the scenes that he creates are very, very awesome. And today is Christ the King Sunday, and we we celebrate Christ the King today. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now think about where he was when he said those words. He said those words hanging on the cross. Friedrich uh, Nietzsche, a German philosopher, said that there's only one true Christian and that he died on the cross. It must all center on love and forgiveness. And even Mother Teresa, who is credited with saying, if we really want to love, then we must learn how to forgive. And in the Gospel of Luke, which is often called the third gospel, forgiveness of sins is a reoccurring motif It's a theme that continues and continues and continues. Sinners are forgiven and repentance is invited. So that which is lost is returned back to the community. The evidence for this is the emphasis in Luke on table fellowship. I mean, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus eats with the disciples more than in any other Gospel. They're always eating, in fact. And even after the resurrection, he's still eating. It's a very important part of the Gospel of Luke, and and there are more times at the table in this Gospel than any of the other Gospels. And we really don't know a direct time or place when Luke was written. The author is often referred to as the beloved physician, and it was thought that he was an educated person. 
Because of the apparent use of the Gospel of Mark in the Gospel of Luke, scholars generally date the Gospel of Luke in the last third of the first century, but no one really knows for sure when it was written. However, what we do know about this Gospel is that it was very eloquently written. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And he, Luke emphasizes the fulfillment of the scriptures in his narrative, and it's full of allusions to that. He uses interpretations from passages from Isaiah, from Deuteronomy, and other books as proof to the narrative claim that Israel's heritage makes it legitimate that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is our Savior. And he points right back to the Old Testament for this. And in investigating the story that was told today, Jesus does something on the cross that is just so full of grace. If you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. Who among us isn't worthy of a little of God's grace? You know, I've said to you when I came here that I will, I will disappoint you. I will do things, not intentionally, that may hurt you, and vice versa. You will do things, maybe even unintentionally, that will hurt me. But this is where the grace of God comes in. This is where forgiveness comes in. And this also gets carried out to your family, to other parishioners, and on and on and on. Christian grace is defined as the infinite love, mercy, favor, and goodwill shown to humankind by God. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm, I'm more like the criminals that were hanging on the cross next to Jesus. That's where I identify. And here in this gospel, Jesus is hung between two criminals on purpose, on absolute purpose, on his right side and on his left side. Now, the horrible thing about crucifixion is you're still alive. You don't die right away. You're in a lot of pain. Think about that. It's a method that was used by the Romans that is deliberately painful and humiliating. The condemned person is tied and nailed to a cross, and he's left alive on the cross until he dies, typically of starvation. And this crucifixion of Jesus is described in four of the canonical Gospels. But think about this a minute. What is the very first thing that Jesus says on the cross? We heard it in this Gospel. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. He's asking forgiveness for his executioners. Forgiveness for, for them for us in our ignorance. Can you imagine? The first thing he does. The very first. If we really want to love, we have to learn how to forgive. And forgiveness really begins with us giving up our quest to get even. And this is very difficult. I mean, it's a natural obsession of someone who's wounded, right? I mean, if you think about Stories about people getting their revenge is full. I mean, think about some of the, the movies that we have. I mean, even Marvel, there's a movie called The Punisher, right? Marvel character, The Punisher, what's he do? 
We could call him the Avenger. Then there's the Vigilantes, right? Remember Death Wish, Charles Bronson, and then they've remade it? Boy, you just want those, those bad people to get what's coming to them. And you really, you, f- you feel good about that. You feel good that they finally got their just reward. And it wouldn't even surprise me if revenge isn't a theme in, in over half of the movies that we have in theaters today. Which reminds me of a story. Dave Hagler, who works as an umpire in a recreational baseball league, he got pulled over one time while he was driving in Denver, Colorado. And he tried to talk the officer out of giving him a ticket, you know, like we do. I'm a safe driver. I didn't realize I was speeding. It's even got safe driver on my license. And he was really, he told the officer, I'm really worried about how this is going to affect my insurance. It's going to go up. And I'm normally such a safe driver. And the the officer really said to him, you know, that if he didn't like receiving the ticket, he should just take that matter up in court. And he wrote him a ticket. So at the very first baseball game of the season, the very first one, Dave Hagler, he's umpiring behind the plate. And the very first batter that comes up, and you can guess who this is, it's the policeman, right? It's the policeman. And the officer, he's about to step into the batter's box, and what happens? They recognize each other, and there's this long, silent, pregnant pause. And the officer says kind of meekly, how did that thing go with the ticket? And David Hagler says, you'd better swing at everything. (laughs) See? That's funny. But that's because we're, it's built in that, you know, it's, people get revenge. And in the gospel story for today, people just stood by and watched what was going on. And the, the leaders mocked Jesus. And the criminals on the cross, they began, one of them began to bully him, right? Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. And we never hear what happened to that guy, do we? We don't know what happened to him. But what did the second criminal do? He actually rebuked the one that was being the bully. Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly. For we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. He sticks up for him. And then the other criminal says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Then what does Jesus say? Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And this grace of God, it's revealed in the powerful weakness. This this powerful weakness. It almost seems like that's an oxymoron, right? Powerful weakness. The embodiment of Jesus. It's a word of forgiveness that Jesus offers, and it shows deep, deep abiding love. You know, it's so very hard for us to believe in a a gracious God and a forgiving God and a God who would love us even when we disappoint and we sin. Jesus' stories of forgiveness are legendary in all the Gospels. He spent a lot of time describing the kingdom of God. And he described it as being completely different than anything else here on earth. 
something that, that's, it's one of those mysteries. There's different expectations, there's different rules, there's different laws, there's different consequences. And he describes the kingdom of God like the love freely given when a son foolishly takes his entire inheritance, leaves his family's home, goes to a foreign land, spends it all, spends all of it. And then he comes to his senses realizing that even the laborers at his father's house are better treated than he is being treated. And what does he do? He's hoping to go home that his father will forgive him and at least let him feed him like the servants do. But what happens? What does the father do? A party happens. The last thing on earth he thought would take place. And it's just because of the father's joy and delight that his son who was lost is now found. And his ability of the father to forgive. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a shepherd who cares so deeply for his sheep that even when one is lost, leaving the others, he will go find that lost sheep. No shepherd in their right mind would do that. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a rich man who gives a party, and when the rich people are too busy to all to come, he opens the party up to everyone tells his folks to go out and invite everyone to the party. The poor, the blind, and the lame, they can be part of this celebration. In fact, Jesus spent a lot of time talking about the kingdom of God, perhaps more time than he spent talking about anything else. But this final act that Jesus does on the cross while he's dying resonates for us his teaching that forgiveness is given to all who repent and all who believe even condemn thieves during their own execution. Jesus spent a lot of time teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God, and we should be listening. In his powerful weakness, one of Jesus' last forgiving acts on earth was to proclaim to a repentant sinner that he was forgiven and that he would be with him in paradise today. Think about that again. Think about the words in today's gospel where one of the criminals said to him, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself. But the other one rebuked him saying, do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed have been condemned justly for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into my kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise. I invite you to take this bulletin home and listen, reread the words of today's gospel and listen for what is being said here and what happens in those very short minutes that criminal on the cross acknowledges Jesus as who he is, repents as what he has done, and is welcomed into the kingdom of heaven, all while being executed on the cross. God had become what we are so that we might become what God is. 
And if we really want to learn to love, we have to learn to forgive. And there's a, there's a Taze song that goes like this. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen.